0: Now, ladies, we, welcome back to um, Branded Youth podcast. We had a little bit of a summer break, but now we're back with one of my favorite people in the world, um, Edwina Babic. She's smiling already and I love her smile. So um, Edwina Babic, that's not a typical Dutch name. Can you tell us a bit more about you and your past history?
1: Yes, of course. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm born in a little town, Labin, in a country that doesn't exist anymore, Yugoslavia. Um, And back in the early 90s, when the Balkan War started, I and my family uh, basically became refugees. And um, due to some circumstances, I ended up um, coming to this country. And um, actually, as a 13-year-old... Starting my life here
0: That must have been so scary for you as a 13 year old girl moving from Yugoslavia Well, it doesn't even exist anymore Like you said to a country you've probably never even heard of and you don't speak the language and you were 13 So how did you cope?
1: Well, I felt actually pretty excited because As a child and even even grown-ups didn't really know what war meant so it was so in the beginning that you were not yet realizing what the circumstances uh, circumstances were going to be and how it will end up and what kind of damage it will cause so at that point i as a child was very curious and very open to everything i would see and at the same time of course very sad of all the people that that are not with you not around you and you don't even know where they are yeah so you came here
0: as a refugee
1: i mean you didn't get the the big old
0: dutch welcome like most refugees you had to stay in a camp probably and how did that go um
1: we ended up in the north of the country and it was a, was that Groningen? a uh, no leowarde yeah it was a formal base and um, that usually the soldiers used and uh, I ended up in a room with my parents and my brother and we actually had everything we were pretty good provided for with food and all the stuff back at those days I think refugees did have a bit more luck than these days um, so as a child you just go and you grow and you learn and you use every single day um, to, to be in the moment and enjoy it, actually. It was the parents who were more concerned and more um, quiet and thinking, what is this future going to be for my kids? How long were you there? Uh, for 13
0: months. Yeah. And afterwards, did, did you get a house?
1: Yes, at the point where it was clear that the war was only starting. Uh, we actually all got a house and we got a status so we could stay in the country and the kids could go to school. So that meant for me my first experience at school, um, the middle school. So uh, I ended up halfway the second year in a bruggeklas, as they call it. So that was a whole new experience. Yeah. So how did you,
0: from there on, going to school really just, you know, developed yourself being did you feel like you had a stigma on you as a refugee
1: no no not at all i it, i don't think that's really the way i see the world um i had to cope with a few things i uh, entered a classroom of kids who knew each other already for a year and a half who had all these you know the whole school program was very well known for them and they, and they spoke the language they spoke the language i didn't i had the luck that i already spoke English, so I could get around, so my life didn't really look like the most teenager's life. But it meant for me, actually, I need to be very strategic. I only had a half a year to finish my Brug class, and it would mean after that half of a year, I would go either to do Havo or uh, ateneum um so I had to be very picky with where do I focus on where uh, which um uh, for example there was French there was German I ha- I didn't have both languages and I only had 6 months to get a grade enough to go forward to the next class so I had really a, a tough 6 months to figure that all out and and I did and I ended up going to Ateneum. so um, did you get any help from somebody no how did you figure that out? I figured it, but um, I knew already um, when going and following classes. I knew what felt good, what gave me energy. So I knew if I would study, I would need very little time to get very well at it. And then there were subjects um, and 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 uh, which I didn't didn't go well enough. So I would just figure out a way to get just enough of those, and then move on to the ones that I really loved. So even there, I was really very much relying and thinking what goes well and at what what parts can i just let go as soon as i cross to the third um well the way that you just describe it it's basically
0: that as a woman or as a young girl you you are able to prioritize and basically cut out the crap yes which is not something that a lot of women do yeah And, you know, I'm going to take a big leap here in in a couple of years and and go to how you started your current company, Talent Blue. And, you know, when I look at the purpose of the company, is that sort of what you are aiming for? That people should be able to cut
1: the crap and focus on? Yes, definitely. For example, whatever needed. um. Right now you ask me that and I'm thinking back of those school days, the way I could manage it was in, in a pretty, um, well, I, I, I left out almost all of my lessons at school. So the school didn't work for me. And that sounds very crazy. But, but I, if I go to, uh, to, if I went to that school. Um, it was from early in the morning until the whole day in the afternoon, so for me, that had the effect that I would get sleepy and i wouldn't pay attention and The funny thing for me is I came from another um another structure. it was that everything the teacher said was already in a book, and i could I figure out a way to get it out of book in my head way faster than being attending all those classes, which meant that I had a lot more time that most kids had who really went every single day to school so I skipped school a whole lot and there was another reason for that I skipped school because I was needed in 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 my community of people who didn't know another language so they needed to actually help some older people needed to go to the doctor They didn't, didn't have a talk they didn't have somebody to you know to translate and um, so well my Uh, friends from school skipped the school to go to the pub I skipped the school so I had enough time to do everything I could learn by myself because I was faster by myself and to help elderly people and people who were not really able to get around with all weird stuff really weird stuff (laughs) okay so you were able to manage it
0: all in an efficient kind of way so tell me about talent blue why did you start that company if you look back maybe to you know, your youth and, and the stories that you were just telling us about how you were able to first of all focus, mm-hmm. second of all manage your time efficiently so you were able to do more mm-hmm. with your time and work maybe uh, faster in that way um, and also how you were able to you know, work the system in your way because I think yeah. these are things that women come across they're, they're stuck in a system at work. It's probably created by a lot of men. And they have to work that system. But they play it by the rules that the men yes. created. And what I love about your story is that you created your own set of rules yes. for you to work with. But let's get back to why <laughs> you decided to start Talent
1: Blue. So Talent Blue is really born out of a um, desire to create a place where um human differences would really be like the biggest assets that you have the biggest advantage so to create a space where you being you in your way is actually the best thing you can add to this world so it's um and it's also um, my own desire to learn and and having an impact on a future where my children are going to grow up and that future will be filled with technology so, I also wanted to, um, with, with my own knowledge, I also wanted to learn a lot more about technology. So, those things together um, were actually the reason why Talent Blue started. But what is but, Talent Blue? Maybe you should explain that to the yeah, listeners. It's the, um, talent Blue is a tech talent agency where we um, actually, it's a strengths oriented company. I wanted really to build a strengths oriented company. And I also wanted to use the company to help other companies to create the same on their work floor. So but it's not a recruitment company. No. So what is it? Is it a coaching company? Is it
0: where people that are t- that are working in tech can go and develop
1: their strengths or their talents better? Yes. Is it it's a school? What it's is It's for the companies um, who work within ITs and who want their teams to be uh, more focused on strengths and to get more a bigger and better performance it is also opportunity to learn tech things so it's if a theme um, if um, a team of another company wants to develop a special technology um, uh, skill then we can provide that as well
0: yeah Okay, so it's about focusing on the strengths and making sure that the team functions better. So people always say that if you want to improve, you need to know your weakness. And I believe, especially for women, that it's about knowing
1: their strengths, which is something that you're preaching. Yeah. Um, Why do you agree? Well, the most important thing, um, building on your strengths leads to success and... Focusing on your weaknesses and fixing weaknesses leads actually to prevention of failure. And those two things—can um, you repeat that? It leads to
0: prevention of failure. Yes. So it basically prevents you from failing, but yes. it doesn't make you
1: any more successful. Yes. Building strengths leads to success. Fixing weaknesses what is leads based to failure. On? Can you give me an example? Um, yes, of course. Um, I think the most important thing. Um, to understand when it comes to building strengths is that um, there are basically two approaches to development. There is a conventional approach where it says, you need to know people's strengths, just maintain maintain that, but please uh, focus on fixing the weaknesses. So we prevent them from making mistakes. And then there is the strengths-based approach where you say, no, you need to really fix on building on those strengths and help people manage around... You need to to focus on that. Yeah, Yeah. and help them manage around the weaknesses. Which means knowing what your weaknesses are is important, but it comes secondary to knowing what your strengths are. When you have the knowledge of your weaknesses, it means you will know when you find that as a strength in another. So instead of giving all your energy and trying to get better at something that you basically are maybe just on average, gives you the opportunity to let somebody else thrive while you thrive in your strengths.
0: Yeah, okay, but I know a lot of women that follow the course that come up to me, and I've said this many times before, and they're like, yeah, Well, Nancy, you know, I still need to know my weakness because. This is something that HR discusses. I mean, obviously, when you've got an evaluation at work, your boss always talks about your weaknesses. Mm -hmm. So how do we help women Mm -hmm. think more strength-based when they work in a system that is still thinking Mm
1: weaknesses-based? I would say a very pragmatical way to approach that would be to build strong partnerships. And the smallest partnership is a partnership of two. It means when you have colleagues and you pay attention to what they really excel at and figure out a way to talk to them and help each other. So you need your sisters here to pick you up and figure out ways to, if there is a weakness that is really, really like key components in your performance, to make sure you outperform on so many other things which are really in your strengths. And that one thing that you're not as good at, ask your colleague to help each other because the other person will also have things in common, skills that they lack of. And that would be a very pragmatical way how teens work with each other and help each other in this. Okay, so they need to look for others they need to look for others
0: and what kind of strengths the other person might have they need yeah. to maybe look outside of themselves yes um
1: yes just oh. for example as a leader um a lot of times that's in these days we have these um roles where we kind of ask anything possible you have to kind of be able to show that you can do it, you have all these strengths so you can perform, but nobody has everything. We are all unique. It means that we can really, it's like the stars, we can really uh, complement each other and we're not all rounded. Um, so it means if you lead a team and, for example, one of the main tasks is to come up with a strategic plan, but you know that's not your strongest um, asset then it's the most important thing to look around you in your team to people who are a part of your team who do have the talent, who do have the all the skills needed. Because when you put that person in and you give them the opportunity to step up and to contribute, at the end it's going to help the whole team, but it's also going to help that person be in their energy.
0: Okay, so... St- this is good. Women need to look outside of themselves and look for what kind of strengths there are. So what you're basically saying to me is that we should become a sports team. We should become a football team and yes. let the people that are good at you know, uh, defending the team be the goalkeepers and the ones yes. that are good at shooting in, in, in... It's
1: the best one. Do you know about the, the very best the exchange of the goalkeepers that we as a Dutch team did when our uh, head coach decided to like in the most important moment of the football game where we would become, um, we would win the title when he changed the goalkeepers at the moment that actually the game was over and we were down to penalties. Do you know about that moment? The whole world spoke about it what did he do he took out the goalkeeper who did the whole game yeah. right and put the one who was, was good really at, trained yeah. in keeping the penalties out yeah that strengths.
0: yeah okay so let's go internally because this is something that women can look out and look for externally but when women you know especially women were perfectionists We want to do everything the best because we're pleasers and we want to please everybody. Now, I'm always telling women in personal branding the only way to become an expert in your field and a go-to person in your field is by building on your strengths and by showing your strengths, because that's the best way to shine. I always compare it to being in a band. You, nobody needs, not everybody wants to be the singer of the band. Some people are just good at being the bass player or the guitar player or the keyboard Luckily. player. Um, you know, Slash didn't want to become Axl Rose when he was in Guns N' Roses, he was just not very good at singing. He's still got a great, you know, reputation and he's known as one of the best guitar players in the world. So I'm always using the music example Mm -hmm. rather than the sports. But um, if we were to convince them, so we've got two ways of convincing women that it's good to build on your strength. We can say it's the one way to become an expert to be the go to person. Another way is to discover how everybody else in the team can function better. So you all improve. Can you give me a third reason?
1: Why to build on the strength?
0: Yeah, why it's good.
1: Um, I could give an example that is really uh, mind-blowing. And uh, we need those exact examples because building on strength is, doesn't come naturally to us. We grew up in an environment where from you know, being four year old, the, the only focus goes to what don't you know yet? Let's fix that. Let's go there, let's get better at biology, because you suck at that. Yeah, you're talking about the school system. Yeah. So this is like in our whole system, it's so normal to focus on the negative, on the things that you could improve. But improving something you already are very good at or excelling doesn't come naturally. So the University of Nebraska did a study on speed reading. It was in early 1950s. And they took a three year just to make sure that the results were the way they were. They did a study on two groups of um, students. There was a group that uh, did usually the average reading of 90 words in a minute. And then there was a group that was above average. They read 350 words a minute. They got through the same course of speed reading, trying to improve their results. So, After the speed reading course, the average group who did 90 words actually improved to 350 words, meaning an increase of 66%. And the group who already was affluent, they improved their reading as well by 885%. They Went from 350 words a minute to 2,099 and nobody could believe it. So they repeated and repeated and repeated the study. So what's the conclusion? The clue is, if you would have asked these kids who were already excellent in what they did, do you want to spend a few months this summer getting a speed reading course? Yeah. They all all after the study said, no way, I was already I had that scored already. Well it means it doesn't come natural to us and it means we don't even have the idea how much we can improve on things we are already excelling in.
0: Yeah, but if you talk about the school system, it's also a little bit of trying new things because you know you go to school, you mm-hmm. you try French. Mm -hmm. And yeah, maybe you might fail because the kids nowadays, they're so distracted with their phones and whatever. Mm -hmm. How do you teach one of those kids that are distracted? And I'm also talking about a new generation, Generation Z, the millennials, with all these distractions that we have. How do you know somebody is just not good at something because they are distracted or bored or whether it's not something they should be focusing on because it's not a strength? Mm -hmm. So it's very difficult, you know, I mean, maybe we should define what is a strength.
1: Yeah, I think that's a perfect uh, bridge. Um, Because I think strength is actually something you end up when you invest in your most dominant talents. Okay. So you always start with talents. You always start with the the natural behavior, the natural uh, thoughts, feelings. So with kids, it's really paying attention. What do they say? how do they act what activities do they really love to do and all those patterns will show up in different places so that's the for me it was the most beautiful thing to discover when talking to people and trying to figure out what makes them unique discovering that their behavior that makes made them unique as as a Um, as a team lead, as uh, as an entrepreneur, was actually behavior they already had as a four-year child. So it's do what comes
0: naturally, which is what I always say. Yes.
1: So I call this
0: your uniqueness. You call it a strength. So it's basically the same thing because in chapter four of my course, I say... With your unique qualities you should always focus on what you're good at what comes naturally and how do you find that out when people don't know it yet they have to first of all ask for feedback because your colleagues might see it and you might not but the other thing i also let them find out is um what is their passion what Mm -hmm. do they like to do Mm -hmm.
1: yeah it's so what you're talking about is basically finding out about all those talent patterns. Because when you have those, when you see it yourself, then you can move on to really building on an area of strength, which means that you might need a few talents to build a good strength. So in a strengths world, we say strength is actually an ability to consistently perform, or outperform yourself in specific tasks. So think of athletes who actually start at, if if they're swimming or whatever uh, quality they have, they start and they actually almost know they will nail it because it's already a strength area. Yeah, and it's something that, you know, they've invested time and energy yes, in. It's like a, a muscle lot. getting better. So we wouldn't have our champions if, as children, they were told, oh, you swim already so good, so let's forget about it. Go discover another sport.
0: So how can knowing your strength help you grow and even boost your career if you're a woman? Hmm. Um, for as me, m- it's 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 going back to being the expert in your field and being so good that you basically excel that people are like okay we need that person for that job we need yes lisa for that job because she's so good at it it means that you stand out in the crowd stand out from the crowd yes and um people know why they need you rather than be being a gray mice and not knowing what person to go for i'm always telling women to do this i'm always telling them just to focus on what they're good at instead of trying, because for me, it's like building a house. How can you build a house on bad materials, which would be your weaknesses, right? You're not gonna build a house on that. You want the best windows, you want the best stones, you want everything to build that house so that house stands firm. Now, that's what I think a, pers- a strong personal brand is. It needs to stand firm and it's gonna stand firm if you're confident and if you do what you're good at.
1: Yes, so it means it starts with understanding What makes you good at it? So what is it that you do that actually makes you very good at it, makes you excel in some tasks? But it also is very important to think, which tasks do I excel in? And how do they differ from the tasks that I just do? Okay, how do I cope with that? And when I know how I do excel, what brings me in that maybe flow, maybe... Whatever the situation is, how can I replicate that? How can I make sure that every single task that comes my way will be folded in a way that it suits my strengths?
0: Okay, so looking forward,
1: how can it help them?
0: You, let's say you're a marketing manager at a media company,
1: how can it help you? So I would say, as long as I know where my goal is, so what's the next step that I want to move to, and I know what my strengths are. So for my example, I'm always a strategical person and I can move before I'm ready. It would mean that I would draw a plan for myself in which I don't wait for the circumstances and everybody to be Promote it or whatever, and I would go and tell people already about it. It would suit my strengths. It would be my way. So basically, knowing your strengths and putting them into work for you means that you already know what will be your way, and it won't be the way of other people. So, so there's no competition. Yeah, there is just the room for only one. You. Yeah, you it's don't have f- to be somebody else. It's a way to create your own
0: path. And not yes, be depending on definitely. people giving you stuff. But and it's about getting out there. Yes. And getting the stuff that you think would help build your strengths even more. Yes. So last question. Where do women need to start if they want to start building on their strengths? Mm-hmm. If they want to make that muscle even stronger. Yes.
1: So I would. there are many options. But I would get two. One which is very, very um, practical. It means right after you listen to this podcast sit down and think of every single moment of success or excellence that you already had and i don't mean something you gained through a whole lot of hard work no no i mean those little moments that came kind of as a surprise that almost felt effortlessly you were somewhere you said something and then there was an opportunity this, So the little moments that moved you forward, that didn't feel like, oh, there was so much um, work around this, those moments of success, think of them and think of all the circumstances and things you were thinking and the way you behaved and see if you can see a pattern in there. It could be a talent team. It could be, there could be more of them. That could lead to seeing if you would bring all those qualities and those i think maybe even thoughts to another situation how would that make you act okay that would be a very practical one uh, and another one is if you want to know more about strengths and more about the whole language of strengths which actually gallop uh, gives very easy you could always um do your own assessment online and within 45 minutes you have the top 5 of your talent teams there is a whole report there you can google it Gallup strengths finder and that will give you so much food for thought and actually actually very actionable uh, steps to take to to grow that awareness to more and more be aware of the things you do and the way you do it and the effect that has on others and on your own environment. So okay. Starts well. Thank
0: you for those two practical tips that women can use and uh, start building their strengths. It was lovely talking to you this way, uh, Edwina. And um, ladies, if you want to learn more about what Edwina is doing, you can go to Talent Blue, the website, and Blue is spelled with a B L U, yes, not an E at the end. <laughs> and um, watch out for Edwina. And uh, our next podcast, I haven't decided yet because I'm very, very (laughs) spontaneous with these things, (laughs) (laughs) but it's probably going to be somebody working at a corporate world. I've got a couple of women in mind, but if you have some ideas, just drop them by info at branditu.nl. And then we will speak to you next time. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.
1: Bye.